0: Heavenly Father, for Jesus' sake, we pray your spirit may be at work in us so that we may receive your word that he inspired, and we would respond to it as we should in this place and wherever it is that you send us, so that we would show forth, Lord, the joys and the blessings that we've received in Jesus Christ, our Savior and King. We'd ask that you'd hear us in the name of Christ. Amen. We're going to be taking a look this morning at the book of Exodus. We looked at that book a while back, quite a bit, uh, for a number of weeks. Today we're looking at it to help illumine the idea that we confess about the communion of the saints, which is a subject that's covered in the Heidelberg Catechism in uh, Lord's Day 21, question 55, which you can find if you want to follow along with that in a moment too on page 28 in the back of the blue hymnal. Uh, but before we look at that particular portion of our apostolic, creedal uh, confession, uh, we take a look at the word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 18. We look at verses 13 to 27. We talk today about tapping into the gifts of the church. Exodus 18, verses 13 through 27. The next day, it says the word of the Lord here, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning till evening. You're not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe and Place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you. They will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You'll be able to endure and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father in law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father in law depart. And he went away to his own country. So we thank the Lord for that portion of His Word that we could read publicly this morning. We take a look over at question 55 on page 28, dealing with Lord's Day 21 out of the Heidelberg Catechism. With that portion that we confess as Christian people, uh, question is: What do you understand by the communion of saints? And the answer that's given there is: First, that believers, one and all as members of this community, share in Christ and all and all his treasure, treasures and gifts. Second, that each member should consider it his duty to use his gifts readily and cheerfully for the service and enrichment of the other members. We thank the Lord for the privilege of being able to receive his word this morning congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reminded uh, a lot of times if I go to a concert, done that for a lot of years, sometimes it's a choir concert, sometimes it's a musical instrument band concert, concert. Uh, concert. maybe it's a recital, but um, being able to go to different uh, musical groupings of of instruments, instruments, concerts that have taken place, recitals that have taken place, symphonies that have played. And it's, it's always a fascination to me about, and, and some of the boys and girls who play instruments here or have played instruments know what I'm talking about, is that while you might play a particular instrument, you always play that instrument, at least most of them, you play together with others. And it would be strange, right, if you happen to be, for instance, a tuba player, that that you'd be having your own tuba concert, right? Or that you play your flute and you've got this big, massive uh, piece of music that has to be played in concert with other people. You don't want to play that by yourself. You might have a solo in it, but it's usually something that's played with other people, it, it, it's it's strange. It would be very strange to see only five people in a band who are playing all the instruments. Now, the drummers, the percussionists, they have to play a variety of inter- instruments. I realize that, but you never see the rest of the players doing that. It's the same thing if you've ever seen a play, and you know, I've watched my kids in plays before, or skits before, and, or you might watch something on television, and then uh, at the end of the program. Everybody comes out and they receive the the plaudits and the the praise and the the applause of the people. And then you realize how many people are involved in this. It's not just the lead person. It's not just the the, the hero or the heroine. It's the director. It's the people that put the props together. It's all these different people who uh, were involved. You, You can't have a play... Uh, typically, with just a few people getting the job done, and the same is true in our home, right? If it, you know, it's very, I think it's very tempting uh, to just say, well, you know, what we we'll just have mom do it, you know, and, and uh, mom can do that, and mom can do this, and and because mom is the superheroine, well, mom's going to get worn out after a while if she has to do everything. And we recognize that as Christians as well when we confess the communion of the saints. When we tap into the gifts of Christ's communion and are part of that tapping, for that matter, we find in increasing fashion that that those kind of tappings benefit the entire fellowship. They certainly are a great relief to the leadership and above all, the Lord's honor and name gets exalted in the process. And so this morning, as we're thinking about the communion of the saints, we want to consider those matters this morning about how tapping into the gifts of the church benefits the fellowship, the leadership, and brings greater honor to the Lord. Uh, first of all, that it's a benefit to the fellowship of, uh, of the communion itself. Uh, in our passage, Moses is seeking to do everything for the fellowship, and that isn't working. It wasn't effective. No matter how hard that Moses tried to accomplish it, Now it wasn't that Moses wasn't faithful to his, his calling, or that he wasn't working hard, right? It's it got. But but what's going on here is like we hear, we hear this lately too, right? We say. Well, you know, the important thing for me to do is not to be working harder, it's to be working smarter. And Moses was working harder, but he wasn't working smarter. He was working from sunrise to sunset, and he wasn't getting anywhere. But when you're the only one working, the line's going to get pretty long. Moses is sitting in judgment, and it's emphasized here about how these people are hanging around for a long time. Moses isn't benefiting. These people aren't benefiting. I mean, it'd be like when you're at a grocery store. Now, nowadays, it's a little easier because you can go and get these self-checkout things, and and that's kind of handy, that's for sure. But it's not that long ago where if you were somewhere, and and we kind of face that sometimes even now, it seems like when you you go places and they're trying to hire people and and you're wondering, well, why is this taking so long? And you look around like maybe at a restaurant, you see this waitress and she's working her head off and and well, how come I'm not getting my food because she's the only one there? She's working hard. There's not enough people there and and, and you know you're standing in a line at a grocery store and 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 you're thinking, well, that person's checking things out and She's working hard, but how come the line's going way back like it is? Well, that person may be working hard. But when there's only one check stand open, the line's gonna go back to the back to the building. Because it's impossible. It's impossible for one person in that case, to take care of the needs of all the customers. In fact, that person's probably going to get worn out pretty quickly. She's going to be taking a break, and then it's going to be even a longer line. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, sees it plainly. And he counsels Moses to come up with a more efficient way of dealing with things so that the people could be served better. And of course, that's not the only time we read about that in the Scriptures about the need to delegate. We we know if we go up into the book of Acts, we saw that a while back when we were looking at Acts chapter 6, that there was a neglect that was taking place when it was coming to the widows. And the apostle realized that they couldn't do everything. They were ministers of the Word. and, And it was their primary calling to minister the Word, it says in Acts, and to be active in prayer. But then while they were taking care of the ministry of the Word there was also a need for the ministry of the deed. And they recognized we can get other people to help with that. Even the apostles couldn't be everything to everybody and and expect those needs to be filled. And the deacons are seen really like that. They're the ministers of the deed. And isn't that passage in Acts, Moses under the counsel of Jethro appoints others to be of help to him so that the needs of the people could be better met. And that's, that's the sphere of the communion of the saints, isn't it, my friend? We we see that uh, when we look around at our elders and deacons who are, who are assisting, who are called to their office, it's a blessing to know these people are willing to Serve like they do. You notice that the qualifications of these people in, in Exodus 18 is very similar to what you, you hear about in Acts 6 and what you hear about in the, the pastoral epistle. These are people of character. These are people who can be trusted. These aren't People who are phony, they're they're not interested in unjust gain. Or shameful gain, as 1 Peter 5 3 would put it. They were people who were worthy of imitation. And it could be a blessing then of to the communion of of God's people in a variety of ways because of their character. That's the spirit of the communion of the saints. You know, with with these elders and deacons, as is the case with all those who take the communion seriously, and and I, I'm, you know, I'm just grateful. We'll get into that a little bit more in a moment, anyway. But I'm just grateful over the years for elders and deacons. You, you know, you walk in, you know, to an elders' room, it's a council room. You walk in there and you shake hands with everybody. And just... It's a reason to be grateful when you have people like that who are willing to serve, and that's been a blessing since I've been here and be before that. But we can tap into the gifts of Christ's communion for the benefit of that communion. Help is on the way so that Christian service isn't confined to one or few. But it's spread throughout the fellowship. And you think about the various ways that that service occurs by word and deed. You know, Besides the service of the Lord every uh, every Lord's Day for the benefit of the communion, besides that ministry that takes place, the elders are there to give counsel to those who are in need of direction and encouragement. When I hear of elders who say to me, you know, somebody came to me and talked to me about this and this and this because they were looking for advice, I am so glad. I'm glad on the one hand that they're willing to be there to give advice, and I am Greatly encouraged to see that people are willing to go to elders and they, they, they see them as approachable to go to them and seek encouragement and advice from them. That's what they're there for, in part. If You've got a, a, a struggle. Our elders should be able to be people to whom you can go. The elders are there along with the deacons to be a godly example for the communion to follow. That's a weighty thing for them, but it's also something that shows forth in them, and and we can be grateful for that. Elders are, are of course, also there to bring correction when they're straying, and that's a good thing too. Nobody should think that straying and apathy and and waywardness and separating oneself from the flock is a good thing. It's not. We saw that last week when we talked about how we acknowledge the, the Holy Catholic Church. And of course, that communion doesn't stop with the leadership. It only begins there, doesn't it? Because the communion of saints is there for all of us. And not only to make use of it, you know, when it's handy for us, but to be used for it. Something as simple as our presence in worship. You don't think much about that. It's easy to think about that, that you just, and I come in and I worship, and it's just about me and what I get out of it. And once I'm done, I'm I'm out of here. No, I mean, it, I've I've said this for years with people: that your very presence at worship, your very presence, it's not just about you. It, it, your presence is an encouragement, and you haven't even said anything. But it's an encouragement for the fellowship of believers around you, your fellow believers who are fighting the good faith with you, to be able to see you there and say, you know what, I'm not in this by myself. But sometimes I feel like I am. You know, but, but beyond that, there, there's, a, there's this mutual discipline that we can carry out for each other. We can keep one another accountable. There's words of encouragement. There's, there's positions of le- leadership that, that we can fill. Where we stand and we say, yeah, I'll, I'll help with that. And it's not just, why don't you help with that? No, it, you know, we're willing to help. And I realize like, we have that too with elders and deacons. Leaders, people take breathers. they got to have breathers and that sort of thing. But what a blessing when we're able to say, here I am, send me. There are the prayers that we can offer for one another that people don't even have to see. It's not even public, right? But you're remembering people in prayer. That's why we have a prayer line. There's the financial help that we can give to one another. There's the the manpower that we can give when we see things that, are, that need to be done. Right? Maybe it's the facilities. Maybe it's the ground. And you see around and you say, you know what, there's these things that need to be taken care of and we want to be able to help with those sort of things. Some people do it with their musical ability. We hear we hear that every Sunday. What an what appreciation we should have for the people throughout the years, you know, and who can do it, continue to do that. I, I talked to somebody not that long ago, and they were saying, you know, we have a hard time finding people to play, you know, and and we have an abundance of people willing to do that and have been over the years, and we can be so grateful for that. Or, you know, the people who who see to it that we have stuff to read and keep the place clean, and uh, who know how to handle the sound, and uh, who are willing to step up. They have a love for children. They know how to organize. They know how to administer. They might send a card. They might reach out. They're good at reaching out to the lost. They come alongside of somebody. They know who needs it. But when the gifts of Christ's communion are tapped, well, that serves the communion well, doesn't it? It just does. The more it's done, the more it does. Particularly so, of course, when when things are done, like the Catechism says, readily and cheerfully. It's a duty. It says that too. right? It's a responsibility. But when it's able to be done cheerfully and readily for others, as those who remember that Jesus didn't go kicking and screaming to the cross for us, but did so readily and cheerfully, well, then we we, we see the great motivation behind why we seek to serve as we're called to serve. I mean, it, you can make calls out, right, to people, because we could sit here too and say, you know, well, you know, we, we call out and we say uh, to people, uh that the, let's say, for instance, somebody is just a receiver of the communion of the saints. You know, they they look at it as the place. It's the place where they marry them and bury them. And I, I tap in. I use it when I want to use it. And you can sit there and say, well, you got to start providing to the communion of the saints. Well, that's true. It's a duty. Recalls can be made to people who spend their lives, you know, grumbling about how the communion isn't paying attention to them. I mean. You see that too. Nobody pays attention to me. And you could call out and say, Well, what's your calling? You know, your calling is to worry more about paying attention to the communion. And you can do that. Or calls can be made to people who stop communing with the saints, saints to start communing with the saints. That's their duty, of course. But. But you know what? Those calls don't mean anything if the motivation about doing that to be of health, to be of service, to be a part, to be attentive to the needs of others isn't based on remembering the Savior. If you remember the Savior, then you don't need a whole lot more motivation to help readily, cheerfully. because you remember the great intercessor in heaven before the throne of grace how he served you how he's still serving you because serving the the communion of the saints readily and cheerfully stems from a conviction that Christ did that for you readily, cheerfully, remarkably and he still is That's all the incentive you need. Not only for the benefit of the communion, it's a benefit for the leadership. You saw that here, didn't you? Jethro says, You know, you're going to wear yourself out. Jethro sees that if if Moses doesn't stop this, if he doesn't come up with some other plan, he's going to wear himself out. Literally wither like a vine drained of water and nourishment. You, you, you can try to play all the instruments that you want. And you can seek to be a one-man band. That usually doesn't work too well. It usually doesn't sound too well. And you can try to play all the positions on the baseball field or all the positions on the basketball court. But after a while, you just can't cover the field. And you can try to be the CEO and the secretary and the salesman and the producer and the distributor in your company, but you're better off hiring people. And that's one of the things after all, right, in our day and age, when people say, you know, I can't find enough people to hire. It's hard to do our work because we can't find enough people to get the job done. You can't be the jack of all trades because you'll end up being the master of none. And that's how it is in the Church of Jesus Christ, too. not immune to that. The apostles had to wait on tables; they wouldn't have been able to carry out their ministry. The apostle Paul had to be the leader in every city where he planted the church. He never would have been able to plant churches, and that's why leaders were chosen in those churches. And today we see how leaders are installed. To, you know, that that's part of what they do: to spread the work of ministry among them, both in word and in deed. Anytime I look at the group that we have or the groups that we've had and the people that we've had, it's almost like an automatic shot in the arm to me. Able leaders can be of help. But once again, when all people help in all kinds of ways, it allows leaders and pastors to focus on the things that they're particularly called to do and to do things with the energy and the time that they need to have to carry out their work well. And I've always been thankful for leaders who have looked at that way with me, too. I don't know what I'd do without leaders like that. Such help is a great refreshment to experience, to witness. When Moses received the help that he needed, it didn't take away from his calling. It enhanced it, and, and it kept him from burning out. And the gifts of Christ's communion are tapped. It helps everybody carry out the work better. Leaders and others, for that matter. No church is perfect as long as we're on this side of glory, but but where, where would our church be if we didn't have people who would be willing to serve? Elders and deacons or others. Where, where would we be if we didn't have people willing to help in teaching? I don't know or in scheduling things, or in publishing things, or in maintaining things, or in visiting the wayward, or in financially helping people out when they needed it, or visiting the sick, or the shut-ins, or others who are hurting. I don't know. What if all that had to let be left to just a few people If such things get left to just a few people, then then people are going to get worn out, right? Hebrews thirteen says that we are to let the leaders do their work of overseeing us with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to us. We can help that along, right, by by being of help in the communion. And I know that that gets to be, especially if you're a person that that wants to help. I I, I realize I get that. That sense sometimes that you go, I know, I keep on helping, and it just gets wearing. Now, again, we all need to, we always all need to be able to help out with those sort of things, but uh, it's definitely a a truth that needs to carry on for us to help where we can. The only person in the Christian church who can be our all in all, after all, is Jesus Christ. None of us can be the all in all. There's only one person like that, and that's the head of the church. But in being our all in all, he provides in his triumphant and righteous and saving ways to his people like the vine from which the branches grow. His headship so that his body with its members might strengthen. And and if you're thinking too, you know, sometimes I'm getting worn out or I'm getting tired and doing things. If you see that with people, that's where others have to try to help and step up too, don't uh, Give them a break. But Christ, even as the all in all, hey, he's, he's the one that provides the vine, provides the head. His foundation on which his living stones might be built are there to strengthen one another. He provides for his body with his body, his church with his church. Such supply enriches his fellowship, but also his leadership. It's it's our calling, and not just to benefit from the fellowship, is it? It's not like we're going to the the local gym, and we're not, you know, it's not like we're, we're going to the cafeteria, and we're going to get what we want, and then we're going to leave. Because it's not our calling just to benefit from the fellowship. Not just to seek to be of help to the fellowship, but to be of help to the leadership, the leadership can be all the more help to the fellowship to whom the leadership has been entrusted by our faithful God and Savior. It goes both ways. And of course, the more we're in concert that way, the the more such concert will be pleasing to God. You know, if we're all playing the instruments, we're called to play, it's a sweeter sound. Our calling before the God who has saved us in Christ is not to figure out how we can keep the church at arm's length and 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 how quickly we can, we can run out so nobody sees us or how little she can help us or how little we can help her because that's not God's will. That isn't pleasing to the Lord. Our calling is to see how we can be more and more a blessing to the church of which we are a part as well as seeking her blessing. Also, the more that we can work in concert and service one another, it only makes sense, like our passage reminds us, the more it will get accomplished under the honor of our God. If we have only one person at the check stand, we leave many unchecked. But when many are manning check stands, many are able to be checked out. You know, Certainly sharing the load makes the load lighter, but it also allows us as a communion to take on more of a load. And the more we can take on together and the more we can accomplish that way, the more we'll be able to serve our God in light of Christ's mercy to us. And so this morning we're reminded in many ways that the Lord has called us not only to declare by our words but also by our deeds that there is a communion of saints that we are to cherish. And I I pray that you've been cherishing that because you've seen that communion of, of saints at work. I've seen it. I'm grateful for that. Such a cherishing, of course, begins with the cherishing of the service, both readily and cheerfully that Christ carried out for us. But, but when we do indeed cherish that service for the sake of Christ's body, his leadership and his honor, may the head of the church help us to find the wisdom of tapping into the gifts that Christ provides in the communion of the saints. Tapping into those gifts, but also being tapped ourselves, readily and cheerfully, like the like the Christ who saved us, like the Christ that we're called to serve. Amen. Let's take a moment to respond in prayer, shall we? Father, we are grateful that we could acknowledge the communion of the saints. For the benefit of your church, for the benefit of the church communion, for the benefit of the church leadership, for the honor of God, for the honor of your great name. There are times, Lord, where we we find ourselves wearied in service. We pray for renewal in if we were, we're focused, Lord, on the, the the inspiration we receive from from Christ Himself who readily and cheerfully gave of himself and continues to intercede on our behalf. May we be motivated by the needs of other people, but may also others be motivated when they see the needs that are around. And they see others who are maybe weary from their service, so that together we may work in concert we may be, as it were, a symphony of service unto Your great name, unto the benefit of each other. Serving in the body of Christ, being a strong edifice, fruitful branches of the vine of Jesus. Thank You, Father, for that communion that can be such a blessing to us, to which we can be a blessing. May You accept our prayers for the sake of